today we bring you a special recording we received of an interview with Dr. Andrew Thompson. He was asked to attend a Google Meet on Tuesday, February 2nd. Do you see slides there? Yes. You see a title. Good. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk just a little bit, just so we're, we all. I think you guys probably know some about germs, but I want to talk a little bit about the different categories we're gonna think about and why some of the things that we recommend um, matter. Okay. So I'm gonna start talking about what I just call microbes. Microbes are just small things, right? Microscopic germs. And there are a few different ones that aren't on this slide, but really they fall into two categories. They're bacteria, um, which are things like strep, which causes strep throat, or staph, which can cause skin infections and other infections. Um, And there are millions of different types of bacteria. And actually there are billions and trillions of bacteria living inside of us. There are actually more cells of bacteria living inside your gut, inside your intestines, than there are cells in your whole body. So we are covered inside and out with bacteria. And normally we coexist pretty well together. So bacteria are, are, you can see those little pictures there. These are tiny, obviously, they're microbes, tiny little organisms that um, they eat and they grow and they reproduce, they make more of themselves. Um, And these are uh, things that we normally, if we have a problem, if we get an infection with, we can treat with antibiotics. Um, That's a big difference from viruses. So these are worlds apart. They're both microbes, but they are so different. Viruses are even tinier than bacteria. Um, And these are things like flu, influenza, coronavirus or COVID, rhinovirus, adenovirus. There are all kinds of viruses that cause things like colds or chickenpox. We don't see much chickenpox anymore because we're vaccinated, but that used to be a common viral infection. Something like Ebola. I don't know if you've heard or read about that, but that's a bad viral infection. There was an outbreak uh, a few years ago. The important thing about viruses is they're not alive. We think of germs as being alive, but viruses are not free living. They're little bits of protein that rely on other um, cells in order to reproduce. So they're kind of like parasites. They can't do anything on their own. But what they do is you can see those little pictures there. They look almost like a like a moonlander, that one. Um, And the others uh, have little spikes on them. They often do have spikes. There's an HIV virus, adenovirus, different names for viruses. What they do is attach to your cells, to human cells, and they work their way in and they hijack your cells in order to make more copies of themselves. And they make millions and billions, trillions of copies and release themselves 
to go do that again to other cells. So viruses are not free living. They don't live on their own. Bacteria are free living and they, they can live on their own. Um, so let's think about how inf infections spread. So there are diff different types in of infections uh, spread different ways. So uh, what we think about a lot this time of year are respiratory viruses. That's COVID and flu and colds. We haven't seen much flu this year or many colds. In part, that's because of everything else we're doing to prevent COVID. And these are usually spread by tiny little droplets, uh, some that you can see and some so small that you can't see that people, um, that come out of people's mouths and noses when they breathe, when they cough, when they speak. Um, if you ever look uh, across, if you look at someone who has like the sunlight shining through a window, sometimes you can see tiny little droplets coming out of their mouth when they're talking. Those are the things that um, really spread respiratory virus as well. If those little droplets uh, touch your eyes or your nose or your mouth or you inhale them, then you can get sick. Other ways that infections spread are gastrointestinal uh, or stomach infections. Usually that's something that you eat. If you get food poisoning, that was likely caused by something you ate. Uh, again, uh, either a virus or a bacteria that got in through your mouth. We have skin infections, which occur if you have a, even a tiny little break in your skin or maybe a cut in your skin bacteria, it's usually bacteria that cause those, um, can get in and cause a skin infection. And there are many others, you know, um, microbes can get into your lungs and cause pneumonia, they can get even into your brain and cause meningitis, um, they can get into bones sometimes and cause bone infection. But these are just a few examples of how infection spreads. Now this is, this gets a little complicated, but it it's something that I've already been talking about. So if you can see my cursor over here, what I'm circling is a virus, right? It's not living. It's not alive on its own. It doesn't reproduce on its own. What it does though, is use these little green and red dots on its outside to stick to one of your cells. Moving on, it sort of fuses with the cell here and um, sends its, its genetic material into your cell and it tricks your cell into making more and more and more copies of itself. After it does that, it reassembles a virus and exits the cell and it can do this many, many millions of times over. And so that's how a virus causes problems. Here's a picture, you've probably seen pictures, you've seen drawings, you've seen cartoons of the COVID coronavirus. This is an actual um, electron microscope picture um, of the virus. And here are these, these little red, we call them spike proteins on the outside, are how uh, the virus attaches to your body cells. And inside is the genetic material that the virus uses to make more, more copies of itself. So how can infection be prevented? I think you just had a talk on um, uh, some things that you can do to prevent infection. 
and I spend a lot of time at the hospital um, making sure that uh, even before COVID, that we were very careful about these things. Hand washing is one of the most effective, easy things to do to prevent spread or infection, whether that's COVID or whether that's other things. Um, because as you know, we touch a lot of things with our hands. Sometimes we touch our nose or our mouth uh, and then we touch the world around us and other people touch those things and then touch their mouth. That's an easy way for, for uh, any type of infection to spread. So hand washing is key, getting rid of those germs so that you can't spread them to others. Things we've been thinking a lot more about in the past year are how do we prevent respiratory infections? How do we prevent the spread? And masking is one of the effective things that we can do. Masking both people who might be sick or are sick, as well as masking those who aren't sick. And that accomplishes two different goals. If we mask someone who's sick, it's much harder for all those particles to come out of their mouth and spread around their environment. And we mask people who aren't sick to prevent any, uh, any virus that might be around from getting into their mouth and nose. Uh, keeping distance from other people also uh, allows you to keep distant from the virus that they might be shedding. So that's actually probably the most effective thing to do is to keep a good amount of distance between you and others. That's really hard to do because we are social beings and we like to be around other people. Fresh air helps because it dilutes the amount of virus in the air. Um, keeping sick people isolated helps because then they can infect others and it slows the spread. And something that has recently come up uh, with amazing speed, they de they've developed vaccines um, to prevent infection. And that's a way of training our immune system to attack the virus before we get sick. And so the next year, we're gonna be working really hard across the world to get people vaccinated so we can put an end to this, our current um, pandemic with COVID. I wanna talk about vaccination a little bit, and I'm curious if you guys have questions about it too. Um, how do vaccines work? And I just said earlier, uh, Vaccines work by training our immune systems. And that's a key uh, thing to remember. Vaccines don't make you sick. Um, sometimes people have a sore arm from getting a shot, but they don't make you sick because they aren't giving you an infection. What they're doing is giving you a little piece of, of the, the, um, the microbe or the germ that might cause infection in order for your immune system to recognize that and know how to fight it off when the real infection um, comes. Um, so here, say this picture, this red um, ball is a virus. If your immune system knows how to attack it with these little aqua colored, these blue colored antibodies, they will stick to that virus like Velcro and not let it um, infect your cells. And, the, and it, the, working with the rest of your immune system, it'll just destroy that virus before it can make you sick. 
Now I've talked about a few different things here about how to prevent infection. And um, I want you to think for a moment about Swiss cheese. I don't know if anyone likes Swiss cheese. I love it. I don't think, I don't know if anyone else in my family does, but um, we're not talking about eating Swiss cheese here. What I want you to focus on are the holes. Now, we've, I've talked about a bunch of things which on their own don't prevent COVID. If you just did one of these, we wouldn't stop an outbreak or a pandemic like we have. But if we use them all together, it's like a stack of Swiss cheese. Now, you know, Swiss cheese is full of holes because there are air bubbles that form when they make it. Um, and uh, imagine that this virus is trying to get through from this side over to this person over here. Now, it, can, it, it, it might be able to get through this hole and this hole and even the next hole, but then it gets blocked against this one. And if it tried to get through that hole, it would get blocked by that one. So if we put enough slices of Swiss cheese, even though each piece has some holes in it, we stack those together, we can stop the spread of infection. And so here's the virus trying to get through. But if people are sick and stay home, they don't infect others. If they wear masks, which again, aren't perfect, but it's another way to prevent the, that spread if they cover their cough and wash their hands, avoid touching their face, don't go into crowded spaces for a long time with other potentially infected people. If people get tested, if they have fresh air, um, if they have ways to stay home when they're ill, if they isolate and quarantine as they're supposed to, and if they get a vaccine, that's the way to stop the spread of the virus from this side over to this person. And so with that, I don't usually like to just talk and talk and talk. I like to have a discussion. Yeah. Can so you, uh, can I would be curious to hear what you guys have to say or questions. Can, can you take the presentation off? Cause that way I can see more of the kids. Yeah, let me. Stop presenting. And then um, fifth graders, if you could turn on your cameras, please. Everybody turn on their cameras as I continue to take attendance. Um, everybody should be sitting up, staring at with their computers with ears on. All right, um, couple questions. Nora Turpin, did you have a question? You Then you can turn on your microphone. Um, I was wondering, if someone got the coronavirus and then they quarantine, could they ever get it again? That's a good one. Um, right now, we think that once, like many infections, once you've had them, your immune system is sort of trained on how to fight it off. And so um, it's unlikely that you would get it again. Right now, we think people are protected for about six months at, at least after they get it. So um, you wouldn't get it again in that six month time period. Good, thank you. And Rowan Ketchum, did you have a question? I kind of forgot it. That's okay. Winter, did you have a question? Uh, I was wondering how long is the pandemic gonna last? Right now we don't know. 
I think if we can get millions and millions of people vaccinated, it, by the end of 2021, it should be over. So I'm hopeful that by summertime, it is much quieter and hopefully we can get back to closer to normal. Okay, good, because I don't think the whole world would want to go distant for a whole two weeks. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> All right, Daniel, did you have a question? I had it, but, um, like, Winter asked a question that was almost exactly the perfect. same. I just kind of, my question was just kind of worded differently. That's perfect. Good question. And Gwen, did you have a question? Um, yeah. Um, how many people do you think we can get vaccinated per month? And do you think that it'll pick up the num like, the number will pick up the longer that we're having people get vaccinated. Yeah, uh, that's the big challenge right now. And I think um, we're headed toward getting over a million people a day vaccinated. So that would be like 30, 40, 50 million per month. And the more people that are vaccinated, the slower the virus can travel through our population. And so we're expecting if we can get you know 100 million people vaccinated 200 million people in our country vaccinated that will this will really start to decrease yeah okay and sam bowers um do you know if you get the vaccine can you still be a carrier and give the, uh, the virus to someone else we don't know for sure. It was. It is likely that once you've been vaccinated, um, the that chance of you spreading it to someone else is much lower. Every other vaccine works that way, but we're kind of waiting right now to get a little more evidence that that's true, because it sure would be nice to be able to say I'm vaccinated, I can't infect anyone else, and I can go about my normal life, right? We're not sure that yet, which is why we still have to wear masks and really be careful until we're sure. Good. All right, Reba. I'm just taking down names as I see you pop up. So I do have all of your names down. Reba, do you have a question? Do you have any idea of when like people who don't have special health and um, like aren't older will start getting vaccinated? Yeah, it really depends on how fast we can they can make vaccines and ship them out um so we want to make sure that the people at highest risk get vaccinated first so that's you know people over 65 when will it um and people who are exposed um at work uh say like healthcare workers and even teachers might be um we want to focus on getting them vaccine it's probably going to be into the springtime or summertime before the younger and lower risk people uh, uh, get offered vaccine. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Arlo. Won't this, uh, won't this pandemic be over if we just like you, uh, dealt with us when we, like we used to like, like, a couple hundred years ago when there was a pandemic if someone got like whatever the virus was or the bacteria um 
they like walled off that place and just like waited like a whole year before they unwalled it. Yeah, you're talking about quarantine, which is actually hundreds and hundreds of years old. The idea that um, if you just isolated people, you could stop the spread. And you're right. If we could have um, known about this and isolated infected people really early, um, we wouldn't be where, where we are today. But this is sort of a tricky infection because sometimes people who have no symptoms at all can be infected and transmit it. And so it becomes really hard to isolate those folks. Um, but you're right, that would, that's a strategy that would work. Yeah, yeah, good question. Elsa, did you have a question, Elsa? Yeah, um, how well do masks work? Um, these are, these it, are great questions, guys. These are great questions. These are <laughs> I questions I uh, talk to people at the hospital about all the time. Um, so masks aren't perfect, right? Just wearing a mask doesn't 100% prevent uh, infection. But it decreases it, the risk that, that you would infect someone else or that someone else would infect you probably by 70%. And that's a big reduction. Um, the um, the important thing about masks is is both people, both say there are only two people in a room. Both people have to wear one for this to really work well. So if everyone wears a mask, we would decrease uh, the transmission of this infection by a huge amount. But everybody has to wear it. Everybody has to do it. Yeah, we all have to do the right thing for it to work well. Right. If only a few people do it, it's not going to work very well. Right. Um, Lance, if once you've, once you've, I've had your, I've, I've called on you and I've, you've had your question answered, make sure to take your hand out. Lance, I think Lance is next. Uh, it, would the vaccine be able to tr uh, treat the other strains of COVID such as B117 and 844K? Good. There will be a part two as we can't make shows longer than 30 minutes, so hang on for that. Today's episode was written, produced, recorded, directed, um, all of that by Oscar Thompson from the Linux Tutorials. Um, yes, you can also find more information on the podcast at our site, www.thelinuxtutorials.com or something. I don't know. I don't think that's right, but who cares? See you next week.